Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Oh, welcome to Wildcast Studios for the first of two off-season episodes of the Wildcat Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, finishers, I am your host in my golf gear as it is now off-season, and I'm joined by your favorite co-hoster in his Hawaiian shirt, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. How are you, buddy? Pretty cold for Hawaiian <laughs> yeah. shirts, but... Yeah. You know, it's uh, the tradition that we yeah. have uh, adopted Yeah, is that uh, you've even got your summer hat, yeah. golf sh- well, hat. P? I take it off. P for Puma. Okay, yeah. Big Puma yeah. guy. I like the Puma. Puma. Okay. It's expensive, mm-hmm. so I don't uh, I don't buy a lot of it, but when mm-hmm. it's on sale, mm-hmm. I jump on top of it. It's, uh, yeah, big big Puma guy. So Yeah, I, I, like, uh, I like Puma too, especially uh, after eating Mexican food. It makes me Puma pants. <laughs> Hey-o. Welcome back to the dad jokes. Uh, yeah, it was a little. We had a nice week last week, and then yeah, quite chilly this morning. It's not uh, like I thought summer was here. It's complete one eighty from from last week. Jesus, yeah. we were wearing shorts and <laughs> yeah. t shirts last week, and we are back with uh, you know sweatpants and jackets. And yeah, we go from uh, hoodies and shorts to golf shirts, Hawaiian shirts, and pajama pants or sweatpants. Yeah. Like it's. That's the way of Canada in the spring. That is, that is Canada. And yeah. if you look the next like 14 days, it's not going to be anything over 15. So you're like, ah, come on. Oh, really? Bring in my 20s. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I want to get back on the golf course, which they've started opening now, which is apropos for the season uh, season ending. So how's Barry doing? Uh, so Barry is... Uh, quite a, locked in quite a battle. Bit of North a Bay. hole. Are they? Uh, yeah. So they're down... Uh, you know they've got a game six. Obviously, uh, by the time this show comes out, they could be out of the out of the playoffs. But they got a game six in uh, North Bay. As it North, yeah, North Bay. No, no, it'll be in Barry tonight. Oh, yeah. In, North, I thought you said who they're playing. Yeah, so they're uh, they're up. Uh, they're down three two as we as we speak, and so game six is tonight in in Barry, and um, I think it's I think it's in Barry. Yeah, it's in Barry. Yeah, so and uh, if necessary, game yeah. seven tomorrow yeah. or yesterday. Yeah, so we're a bit of a hole. Uh, I, I don't, um, I don't like the scenario of maybe still being around uh, for round three. But um, you know, Barry had a, I think a three-one lead in in game five. Uh, sorry, game four, which would have given them a three-one series lead, mm-hmm. but they blew that. Yeah. Lost no T, so that one tied the series, and then they lost uh, Game Five uh, in North Bay. So they're uh, they're in a hole. You know they could uh, they could, could be, be Hawaiian shirts for them. Could be Hawaiian shirts for them. And Brent Clark being Brent Clark, uh, you know probably the best player on the ice, even though he hasn't really had that great of a second round. And getting into it with the fans and <laughs> in North Bay, and, I saw that uh, he's you know he's kind of one of those players that. Uh, Reminds you of a number sixty six, yeah. That we uh, just finished uh, seeing in uh, in our series, but you know, if you're going to talk the talk, you better back it up. And you know, those two guys uh, surely know how to back it up. Absolutely, and looks like Ottawa's in a bit of a hole against Peterborough. But this isn't an OHL podcast. You can go listen to the uh, Niagara Ice Dogs. North Bay's got one. Uh, who else has got one? Sarnia. They don't have one. There's a few. North Bay. The Ice Dogs, Hamilton, which is now Brantford. Those are the three that you can go catch up on your OHL. Um, doing good work over there. They're all official, so they get to do a lot of interviews with players. Mm-hmm. And I know Niagara just had the the weirdest 
part of the CHL, which we've talked about being, you know, trade deadline should be synced and all this. They just did their draft. Yeah. Midway through round two. I don't know how easy that is for teams like Barry, North Bay, Ottawa, um, to be doing your draft in the middle of a playoff run. Like a good way of selling your organization to the players, you know, to the teams that are still playing. Yeah. yeah. Right. You literally, you draft a player and the next day they're on a, on a bus or on a plane to your, to your arena and you're, you know, watching a a key game in, in round two. I mean, it's got its advantages, but uh, I I still like our after the year is over in person drafts over anything virtual. Yes. No, hundred percent. It's not, uh, it's not in person over there. So ours are way better. Um, Are you caught up on big brother or should we just skip ahead? Um, well, it's. Uh, I'm trying to think what's. Um, kind of. I'm. I, I can't remember what her name is. That one. The um, had a household, but she nominated uh, Renee. Sorry, oh. Renee was the had a household. She nominated Ty, and again, can't think of the other name. <laughs> Ty won the power veto, so Ty is going to take himself off the block. And Wasn't it the girl from PI that was on the block? Uh, she was H O H last week. Oh, okay, last yeah, week. and I believe the plan is to put Koozie as the replacement nominee, with hopefully Koozie going home this week. So that's kind of your ten second Big Brother Canada <laughs> update. I'm so far behind in that episode in that series right now. It, it's I I see the shows show up on my PVR, and I just don't even. I'm like, oh. Oh, uh, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives was on last <laughs> night. Let's watch that. And then I just completely forget about Big Brother Canada. Yeah, yeah, I've been, I've been there. We got, we started watching the uh, the Americans on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. We finally caught up on like we're in the middle of watching Succession that just came back. So, um, Tournament of Champions with Guy Fieri. So, yeah. yeah, you start once you get into the summer months. It's tough to to stay on your shows that you're usually watching because you just get. Distracted. distracted by other shows. Yeah, yep. that's what Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely, there's so much, there's so much on right now that I, I can't even pay attention to Big Brother Canada, and that's I I sit, I sit down to watch an episode, but then I'm like, oh, that show recorded last night, I'll watch that, <laughs> like The Rookie or Nine One One or something like that, and you just totally forget about the reason why you sat down on your couch. Yep, pretty much. All right, um, we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, but it's going to be behind by the time you hear this. So, go sports. Go sports. <laughs> uh, don't forget, as always, you can follow us on social media, Twitter, Monkey Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast Podcast, TikTok, TikTok, Wildcast Podcast, and of course, like and subscribe on the YouTube, what you've been doing, and we'll talk about it a little bit later. We got something coming down the pipe tonight on uh, on the old YouTube as it is. Let's get to some news and notes from around the queue. News and notes from around the queue. We'll get through some of the stuff quickly because just before we came on to record, a bombshell bombshell dropped um, on the league. So the award winners, uh, there's been some awards coming out. Uh, Where are you? The Selkie Memorial Trophy for the most sportsmanlike and effective. They have to put that in there because you can't just be nice. You got to also put the puck in the net. Uh, Atelier Biasca, which we'll talk about that timing in a a few minutes here. Mm. Uh, Best defensive forward was Nathan Gauthier from... uh, Quebec, and then the top professional prospect, which Etienne Moran was in. He was in tough company against uh, Matthew Catafor and the eventual winner, Ethan Gauthier. I don't really think there's much of a surprise. 
um, that it was Ethan Goche. Nope, uh, he was. He's. It's always. It always goes to the the highest ranked prospect in in the queue based on NHL Central scouting. So this one was pretty pretty obvious. It was probably the most obvious one that they've uh, they've given away so far. Yep. Um, and then there's an article from Kevin Dubé. Oh, Dubé. Oh, Dubé. That I got. Thank God for Google Translate on Twitter. <laughs> um, oh, speaking of Google Translate, so I did get a message from Johnny Rocket. Yes. Oh, yes. Last week. Okay. Yep. So the news uh, for Mario in in Valdor, mm-hmm. uh, their long-standing goal coach, okay, one of the originals, uh, retired. Oh. And is now a ambassador of the uh, Valdor Foyer. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he, he he sent me a voice message. What are you doing? How do you mess that up? And then he's like, <laughs> "I'm just kidding. I don't. I'm surprised you guys even mentioned it." And I sent back, "I couldn't translate the actual thing, so I had no idea what it was." Um, so Kevin Dubay, when you translate it, had an article coming out: that controversial goals in the playoffs. The QMJHL wants to add cameras to its amphitheaters. Referee directing Richard Trotche also gives his version of the facts, allowing disallowed goals. Uh, causing a stir in Moncton and Rendoranda. So, obviously, the one in Moncton we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. The one in Rendoranda uh, against Gatineau. Apparently, one of their guys hit the stick of Lapena, which caused him not to be able to close his five hole with a stick, mm-hmm. causing Rendoranda to score, making it seven to one Gatineau instead of seven nothing. But um, that's not a shot at, at uh, Rendoranda. Gatineau is just. A house right now mm-hmm. um I, I i think this is awesome i mean i'm the way we live with technology in the world and the amount of reviews we have and the amount moncton spent on the playoffs asking for you know things to be reviewed and suspensions and put that money towards cameras for the league moncton basically pays for this thing off the uh, playoff series against bay como but i mean there's so many goals that you look at and if there was just a camera in the net Mm-hmm. That might save a lot of issues. The overhead cameras, I mean, once this came out, a lot of the Baycomo guys were bringing out stuff from the goal, and um, there was one site where it was the overhead camera view. To me, I think I wouldn't have shared that if I was them. It looks more damning that he actually did push the goaltender in, but, it, you know, we, we can go... Neither side is going to argue their side and see the point from... We're not going to see Baycomo's point. They're not going to see ours, and everybody's mad but i do think that this is something the league actually needs to look at especially starting with cameras in the net uh like the nhl that just give you that view because they had that in that in in the net for the diamond goal they might have seen that the puck was moving on its way towards mm-hmm. going into the net when uh Blantier, i think it was i can't remember who scored or who didn't score uh pushed the goal into the net yeah no i i agree it's I'm surprised they don't already have cameras in the nets. It's part of that, uh, you know, the technology that a lot of the other leagues are, are already going to. You know, the NHL's got it. The I'm pretty sure the AHL has it as well. Uh, I would be surprised if it's if it's coming to all the 18 rinks, uh, you know, around around the queue because it just makes the game, you know, it just makes decisions that much easier when you have you know video proof. And, yeah. Uh, you're right. I think it's something that this should be invested in in the entire Canadian Hockey League. Make it uh, if the Q's going to bring it in, you can't just have it here. Uh, no, you've got to have it in the OHL and 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 the Dub as well. So, yeah, I'm all I'm all for it because yeah, the the angle that's I mean I know it's two weeks two weeks ago right, and there's they're still talking about it. And mm. 
I understand. I mean, if that were which we would do. Yeah, if it went against us, you know, if it would have counted, we'd be probably still talking about it. Uh, the the angle that the the above the net one. I mean, to me, it, it almost appears as if Baycoma got robbed. You know, oh really? They, I, that's what I think. Oh, okay, I, I think that I, one's more on our side that you can see Steinman at one spot and mm-hmm. you can see him move backwards in another spot. So well, to me, it looks like you're probably he's probably moving backwards because well, Buddy brings a stick. Saw, to I don't. I don't saw, think the, saw the I don't think loose. the guy hit the. I don't think he hit the pad. Mm-hmm. But I think when his stick went through the legs, that's what mm-hmm. pushed Steinman back. Which is, I mean, and that's kind of where I see. It. Like if he's yeah. if he's going for a loose puck, and you know the what's that uh, the force yeah. of his stick, you know that's going for the loose puck pushes the goalie back. I mean, if you're, it's like um, in, uh, it's almost not like a high, when you're on a breakaway, right? Mm-hmm. Is it, uh, does a penalty get called if if the defender gets puck first? No. Yeah. Right? Um, in this case, it's pretty clear that the player got puck first. He didn't jam, he wasn't, he wasn't trying to spear the goalie no. or and push him into the net. He got puck first, mm-hmm. which resulted in the puck going in the net. Uh, so my, I, that angle, I think it's. Uh, I can understand why they feel they got robbed, right. and yeah, I, yeah. I can say that I think Malkin got lucky um, for just for that reason because in, he's not intentionally pushing the goalie in the net; he's going for a loose puck. Yeah, and I, and like I, like we both said, I mean, you put the cameras in the net that dispels all of this because mm-hmm. you know, being an Oilers fan and the wife as a Leafs fan, we've watched that that whole Leafs series, and there was a goal that was wrapped right around and it I didn't think the puck was in the net and mm-hmm. they zoomed in on the they zoomed in from the net cam and you could see the puck had completely crossed the yep. line. Yeah. Uh, late in the period Samsonov went to cover it and the puck was rolling under him the whole time. You could see the puck was moving the whole time towards the net without mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay player touching it. So it's just it's one of those things if we're gonna get things right, the people making the cho- the decisions need to have all the angles. And yes. it's the same thing in the NHL where now the controversial hits are automatically, they're becoming five-minute majors so that they can go right to the review to see if it was a penalty, if it was a two-minute penalty, or a five-minute penalty. And I don't I don't think, everything we see in the NHL will eventually filter down um, to the QMJHL. The, all that really doesn't matter as we get into the major news coming out of Ramuski is Serge Bolsley is now out as general manager and coach of the Ramuski Oceanic. He's been there for 12 years. Uh, 765 regular season games, 426 and 339 in the regular season, 61 and 53 in the playoffs, including a President's Cup in 2015. And I believe they lost the Memorial Cup to London. I believe that was that stacked London team that went like 74 and two or something stupid shit like that. (laughs) Something stupid like that. Um, I didn't think this move would like. There's just some teams you think they like. The, uh, the Dale Hunters in London and uh, Brian Kilray in Ottawa, like the guys that are just institutions in their cities. And I and I completely thought Surge would be an institution in that city. I, that was some shocking news that came out today, or Monday. Yeah, big uh, big news. That was uh, unexpected. And cause if you think Kramuski, I mean, he's been there. He's been there forever. Yeah. Uh, so it's, I mean, he's clearly someone that knows the league and knows the players and know what a, he knows what a player's value is. Uh, Cause he's made, he's made some, some trades that have really improved their, 
organization over the years. I, I don't think it's going to take long for him to get back on his feet. Uh, however, you know, when it's, if he's been in the league for so long, it, he might be someone that wants to take a year off or something like that before getting back in, back into the swing of things. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, if the right opportunity comes up, I'm sure he'll be uh, uh, he'll be right back in it. But yeah, big uh, that was a big surprise and. You know, there's there there are some talks. You know, there's I've heard some things that there are there's some young players in our in Ramuski that don't exactly enjoy, you know, playing for him. And uh, but that's that's rumors. You don't know if that's uh, true or not. And so, if it's true, maybe that's a reason why he was like, oh, the the team wants someone that's actually gonna the players are gonna enjoy playing for, if uh, going forward. But uh, no, that's that was huge. That was unexpected for, you know, a Monday at <laughs> five o'clock. Yeah, right. It's they always the news always likes to drop at the end of the business day, and hoping the media doesn't pick up on it. But when you got, uh, you know, Mister Mister Mike and Mick, Mickey and uh, Stefan, they're always on the ball. And yeah, they don't mess around. They don't. Uh, they love. Uh, they love getting their hits out before before the teams do. Yep. Yeah, it's. I think it was Stefan LaRue, LaRue yep. that said maybe he follows in the footsteps of Patrick Waugh mm. if he chooses to, to leave Quebec. I mean, the success he's had, maybe he hasn't had playoff success in the past few years. I mean, they've had some big upsets in round one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that you're, you're right. That's the thing of, of hockey now is this younger generation, they don't really want... Um, the hard coaching anymore. They yeah. want, it's all player development and, you know, I don't want to say coddling, but it's, it's not the hard nineties. We're going to skate if we lose and, and that kind of coaching. And, mm-hmm. um, I just wonder if, if there's a team that kind of moves on from their coach, um, this year that, cause I mean, we're what two months out before the draft. Mm-hmm. You, you think you'd, have a whole plan with the coaching staff you have, but I think we could see him in Quebec. I I don't think that's the name we can we can put on the list if if a certain job in a certain city that we do a certain podcast for opens up, right? I wouldn't want him. I don't think. Uh, you know, I think we need something that's more. Someone's got more of a, I guess, a fresher, mm-hmm. a fresher mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one thing I hate is when. Coaches or GMs get fired, and then they're immediately hired by another team in a week. Yeah. I can't stand that. Uh, I, I that's and it happens so much around this league. You know, Mario Deroche gets gets around more than you know. I'm not going to say family it, show, but, family uh, show, family I mean, show. That's exactly why I didn't say it. But <laughs> that guy gets around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the one thing I can't stand about some of these teams is they're so gung ho on on just hiring yeah. someone who was just recently fired. Yeah. And to me, it's that's not how you do business. If no, you're fired, you're you've got to earn your position back. Yeah, there should be no one, no one who's fired should have a job with another team just like that. There's no, a reason why of, you were fired. Yeah, a lot of lateral moves and uh, good friend of the show, Andrew Barrington, mm-hmm. Talent Blog, um, always likes to ask me coaching questions, whether oh, it's yeah. Q, NHL, WHL, OHL, like. I'm like, do you like guys getting fired? Like, what is this? He, he does have an obsession yeah. with, with coaches like, being fired. If, if the Oilers lose, will Woodcroft be fired? No. They got out goalie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but 
oh, and I, where was I? Oh, he's always asking me these big names for certain teams, and including this one when we were losing nine to ten, right? Mm-hmm. When when everyone was calling for, it. and I said, I don't. I'm at the point. I don't care the name. I just want somebody that comes in with a fresh new idea, mm-hmm. like, and gets the best out of the 23 men on the roster. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's. Fabian Joseph or Danny Flynn or Tim Smith from Midget AAA and Bucktouche. I don't care what his name is. As long as he gets the team winning, yep. that's what we want. That's put the players in the right position to succeed because, I mean, you look at Halifax, Sylvain Favreau. How many people questioned that move? Mm-hmm. After year one, now he's got them, he's got them going. They've, they've got a good team of players, but he's got them working towards something. Um. Yeah, Alex Tangay had after all these years, the hockey department needed a new direction for the future. Mm-hmm. That's Which pretty much sense. yeah. And Danny Dupont is the interim general manager in Ramuski as of right now. So that's. I mean, there's never a good time for a coach to be fired, but they don't have. They at least have a month and so to be ready for the draft. Yeah. Like it's not. The draft lottery is coming up tonight, and you're thinking, oh, the lottery's coming up. That means the draft is – no, no, the lottery's tonight. we got time until the draft. So mm-hmm. it gives Ramuski a team – or a time to get used to it. And that's – another interesting wrinkle in that is that's the team Moncton's competing with to possibly host the Memorial Cup. So what does that do for the bid if they're going through a whole new coaching regime? Mm-hmm. No, 100%. And Danny Dupont's going to get uh, – he's going to be well-known in a couple days here because, you know – Ramusi's got that last, that uh, fifth spot in the, uh, yeah. in the in the draft, right? So he's going to be the one, literally, probably representing the team at at yeah. the lottery, and guaranteed he didn't see that uh, that happening in in you know two days ago. So <laughs> he's uh, at least I hope he. He's the the thing. The good thing with that is you know if he's coming from an assistant GM role, he's been in the rinks, he's been scouting yeah. the players, he's got a good idea of of uh, what the team needs to who the team needs to take to uh to get them uh where they need to be so it's always good to hire kind of within yep and it's <laughs> feet in the fire man you want you want the job here you go yep <laughs> <laughs> you got a month to figure this out and a team that's on the rise mm-hmm. um it'll be interesting to see what they do gm wise as well as as coach wise so the semifinal matches are now set um your league final can still come true because you had sherbrooke and quebec I'm going to at least get one of the teams correct as I had Gatineau and Quebec, and that is one of the semifinals. Uh, but you got Sherbrooke and Halifax in one, Gatineau and Quebec in the other. Finally, the teams get the top four. Everyone's waiting yeah. for these. And, you know, Stefan LaRue, first time since 2010, the best four teams in the season meet in the quarterfinals. Um, since the trade period, Gatineau's 35-3. and three. They have had two defeats since January 7th. Sherbrooke is 35, 3, and 1. Uh, 14 straight wins. Halifax, 35, and 5, and 2. And Quebec is 32, 6, and 2 with 16 straight wins. Like, this That's, is going to be... This is great be, for the league. Yeah. This is really good for the league. Yeah. Yeah. No upsets. The top four teams, the two, the four teams that deserve to be in the semifinals are there. It's, it's like a dream scenario. Yeah. It's going to be really good hockey. The only thing I wish is it was Halifax, Quebec, Sherbrooke, Gatineau, so we could have an East and a West and the best two. But um, this won't be over in four and or five. So, no, 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 no. what are you? What are your thoughts? Uh, so let's kick it off with Sherbrooke and Halifax. Um, in my opinion, Halifax was good, but the, against Moncton, but they didn't. 
really, you know, be like Shania Twain. They, they didn't really impress me much. Yeah. You know, it, it's uh, I expected more out of Halifax. It was either Moncton was a lot better than they were in the regular season against Halifax, or Halifax just took it down a notch in that series. And I feel it was more B. Yeah, I feel it's more they took it down a notch because they knew Sherbrooke was coming up, yeah. and they knew they could beat Moncton mm-hmm. in five, four, five, maybe six if, some... if they put. So put the boots to us when they needed to, but yeah. kind of take their foot off the gas as well. Yeah, but so it's it's to me it, it's I don't know if Halifax plays like they did against Moncton. I gotta go. I'm going with Sherbrooke, and I think Sherbrooke. In six, I think they can probably clinch this series on, in a game that would be in on their home ice, mm-hmm. right? So I think they can easily, uh, I think they can get this uh, this series in six games because, you know, let's I'm assuming Halifax was playing their best against Moncton, uh, and if that's the case, Sherbrooke should should be able to take Halifax out. I'm not going to say easily here because mm-hmm. uh, it's not going to be easy, but uh, they're. I give Sherbrooke the edge in goal. I give Sherbrooke the edge on D. Mm-hmm. And I give Sherbrooke the edge in probably the forwards, I would call them even. But the third and fourth line depth, I give I give the edge to Sherbrooke. Yep. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, give me, give me uh, the Phoenix in uh, six games. That's exactly where I'm at. Offensively, these teams can kind of cancel each other out until you get to the, the depth. And, Halifax's depth was pretty good because we kept Dume off the score sheet. I mean, Lawrence and and LaRue kind of had their way with us, but you didn't see the best do set. Vitacek had a goal. Catafor finally scored. Like, Melanson, Gill, Goche, Wah. I mean, that's kind of a a wash for me forward-wise. But in the playoffs, it's about depth on defense and it's about goaltending. And mm-hmm. Moncton had a tougher time against Homo's defense than they did against Halifax's. Getting why not back was big, but I Halifax seemed to sometimes have trouble with Moncton speed, and they'll they'll have trouble with Sherbrooke speed. And I think in order for Halifax to get this series, I think Rousseau has to play like he did in Game Four, yeah. uh, the start of Game Three and Game Four, where Moncton had chance after chance after chance, and he just. As Favreau does, that's his job. He has to do it. Yeah. If if he can stand on his head, I think that gives this team a big uh, a big edge. But I think it's Sherbrooke and six. I just think their their defense um, is is better than Halifax's, and so um, I'm gonna give Sherbrooke in six. When I go to Gatineau and Quebec, it's you know I, I'm not gonna go with who I didn't pick to, at the start of the year, and that was Gatineau, and I said. If they get LaPena, they will get to the final. And I didn't think Kidney was going to be the major addition on that. Like, LaPena's mm-hmm. been good, but Kidney's kind of driven that thing. I do a lot of trusting in goaltenders. Who do I trust in net? And Rousseau's been good for Quebec, but it's just... I, I like Gatineau. They're on such a run right now. Um, and they've just they got that feeling like this is their year. And they got a team like Moncton where they're all draft pro- like drafted. I think uh, who's the defenseman that's hurt? Is it Warren that's out? Warren, yeah. Yeah. If it was Warren, I'd go five. Mm-hmm. If he was playing, I just think they're that much better. But I've got Gatineau 
winning on home ice um, in six as well. We're all on the same page for everything. I know I, I, know I kick. I'm You're pretty looking sure. to go 14 to 14, man. I am man. looking to go 14 for 14. And I'm 13 to 14. The only one I missed on was Drummondville. Yeah. And then sick. I mean, a lot of people are probably 13 to 14. Yeah. But. Um, no, I, I haven't seen anyone with a, with a perfect record so far. So uh, I've got to give myself a, a pat on the back. And that, that's why these predictions are, you know, pretty, uh, pretty important to me. Uh, I I'm I'm gonna have to agree with with you, Adam. Like it's these um, this series is kind of a toss up, but um, you know if uh, I think Gatineau can go in there and you know win a game and maybe possibly steal both games. You know the first two games uh, and um, they they might even be able to finish this off in five. But I'll I'll, I'll be safe and maybe go uh, maybe I'm gonna go six here for for Gatineau. It's um, I think uh, Halifax. No, sorry, Quebec is good, but Gatineau's just really good. Yeah. They're uh, they seem to be. Yeah, I take Le Pen over Rousseau. Is it Rousseau that they have? Yep, Quebec. Yep. William, William Rousseau. Rousseau. Yeah, um, I, I take Le Pen over over Rousseau any day, and uh, I, I just think their their decor is is better than is slightly better than Quebec, and I think their forward group is much better than Quebec's. And so, uh, yeah, I'll take uh, Gatineau and Sherbrooke for the uh, Gilles Courteau Trophy. Which is just a slight bit different than your uh, prediction on the season. Yeah, it's uh, just the way the semifinals uh, fell, right? But uh, I, I like Quebec. They can easily win the series, but they've, uh, they've, they've, they've got work to do. And I think uh, Gatineau's got that team to, you know, Take the, get those thirteen thousand fans out of out of the first two games. Yeah, um, special teams wise, uh, coming into the playoffs right now. If you're Halifax, you better play discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherbrooke's power play is fifty four percent right now in the playoffs. Wow, they are nine of fourteen at home and three of eight on the road. That's um, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Other, yeah, man. that's Gatineau and. Uh, Gatineau's 30%. Quebec is 30%. Both these teams can kill penalties. Like Gatineau's 93-92 for Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, penalty killing 86 and 90. So penalty killing for... So if there's a chance that Halifax can get this, it's going to be on special teams where they stay disciplined. And unlike Moncton, they take advantage of their opportunities um, on the power play. But it, of the two series, which one do you think has the chance to go seven? Because for me, it's Sherbrooke and Halifax. I, I just I, feel like this is a home series where each team is going to win at home, and it could go seven. I, I'm going to go the other the other one. The other one. I'll go with Sherbrooke and and, uh, and Gatineau. Uh, not Sherbrooke and Gatineau. Excuse me, Quebec and Gatineau. Yeah. Uh, I think that one's probably your your seven game series. Patrick was that X factor behind the bench. Uh, referees are scared, intimidated, perhaps. intimidated by him, yeah. and he he can turn he can turn a series around just by blowing a gasket. Because if he blows a gasket, you know the the, the referees don't want to be. <laughs> no, they no. don't want Patrick Waugh pissed off at you. No. and that's what I mean. He's kind of there's there's no X factor on the ice in this series. I think he's an X factor off the ice. Yeah. I think he's someone that uh, can turn the series in, into Quebec's favor if um, you know if 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 he gets into one of those moods. Now I say that Sherbrooke and Halifax will be a homer series, but what I mean is. They'll win each at home till they get to game six, and then mm-hmm. I think Sherbrooke will break through and break the hearts of Halifax fans at home in the third round. And either way, 
the a lot of the fans that kind of see this that aren't in our market would like Halifax and Gatineau in a final, uh, just based off their two regular season games. And I think if that's a final, that would be there isn't a, a final of these four teams that will not be an extended series final. The season, I mean, whoever comes out of that semifinal, I think the final easily is seven. Yeah. I think it's easily a seven-game series, and which is never good in the, in the final because uh, the way it works out is the uh, Memorial Cup is a uh, the first game is Quebec against uh, Kamloops. So it's uh, when he know, says Quebec, he means Quebec League, the Quebec League, not yes, Quebec Crimpo. Correct, yeah, the Quebec May champion, 26th. yeah. So you're you're kind of in that uh, you never want to see the the Quebec final go seven games, just because it's a quick turnaround to get mm-hmm. to uh, to get to Kamloops. So you're you you kind of want to you don't want a seven game series for because you're obviously cheering for the Q when you get to the Memorial Cup, but uh, Kamloops is a pretty stacked team and so you're in tough in game one that's for sure. So just based off how it's been going, where it's from Friday, Saturday. Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, mm. Tuesday kind of thing. The fourth, the final would end if it goes seven, roughly either the 22nd or the 23rd. That's what I mean. And they got to play four days later on the other, other side, side of, of the country. country. Yep. That's what I mean. You, It's, it's, uh, it's a tough turn. It's a tough turnaround. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can easily see the final going seven <laughs> games and that's a tough, uh, you know, that the, the, the flight, the, everything, the, media day the day before i mean huh. you're literally yeah. winning a championship going out to the bar that night celebrating that you're on a plane the next day because and the, the blazers for all intents and purposes could be done by the third round like they got to play seattle seattle yeah it's which a tough series a lot of people thought might be a final mm. but uh yeah so they could be sitting and resting for a good month two weeks yeah which if you're gonna host going out in the first round not always the best. That's a long time. Get to the second or third round. Get that nice break. And obviously, Kamloops doesn't want that. They want to upset Seattle after making all those trades. And yeah, they want to go in the front door. Right? Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't realize it was that quick of a turnaround. Mm-hmm. I thought they'd have at least a, a week. So, um, and the Q prospects uh, in the final NHL draft rankings, Etienne Moran was the 19th overall um, ranking going into this year's draft, which I'll take that. That's... North American skater, so yeah. you got you to yeah. take the international skaters yeah. into consideration. But I still based don't on see that, he's in the first round. He's probably a late second. first, early second. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the weekly rewind. Weekly rewind. Weekly rewind presented by the local sports pub. Looking for a great place to have some wings, beers, and watch the NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, but unfortunately no more QMJHL playoffs. With your friends, head to 1715 Main Street where the Salty Sea Dog used to be. And it's not just sports. It's comedy shows, trivia shows, karaoke. Um, They got spin classes on their deck, which just watching the Instagram, I was like, man, I'm tired. If I'm going to ride a bike... If I'm going to ride a bike, I'm going to ride it somewhere, not just sitting in the same uh, same spot. But Mondays they got uh, it's happy hour all day. Most of the products are five fifty a pint as well. Tuesday uh, they have wing night, a pound of wings and fries for fifteen ninety five. What a difference a week makes, bro! <laughs> like we were one one coming home, and um, like we said on the YouTube after the game one victory, there was a lot of people 
Sleeping on the Wildcats. Sleeping on the Wildcats. They got this. They blah, 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 blah. Love everyone's enthusiasm. Never going to shut you down. But mm-hmm. we did temper that with the Mooseheads can flip a switch and win four in a row. And they did. And that's exactly what they did. Um, lost game three, four to two. Game four, three nothing. And game five, seven to three. We're not going to beat a dead horse on the series, um, but like I said at the intro, this is part one of the off-season show, so we're going to focus on the playoffs here, and then next week we're going to get into a season recap, um, grade the players, look ahead to the future, um, and go from there. So just looking back on this series quickly, their best chance to push this thing was game three. They got down 3 nothing. They had chance after chance after chance in that first period. Rousseau stood tall, keeping it 0-0. Mm-hmm. And then the villain, Zach LaRue, gets a, draws a penalty, scores the power play goal in under a minute, a theme of this series and basically the year, um, taking the momentum from Moncton. Yeah. They gave it a valiant effort, um, losing 4-2 on an empty netter. Game four, they just had nothing in the tank. And game mm-hmm. five, you knew. The tank The tank was well, non-existent. Yeah, right? exactly. Uh, no, you're, you're right. Um, I, I will say I will compliment the team because uh, there's some listeners out there who like to say that I complain all the time and that I'm a Habs fan. Um, but um, I, I was actually – I was impressed. I was very proud of the effort this team gave in all the – in all these games against Halifax, yeah. uh, you can you can say that game two was a blowout. Well, it was a blowout, but I think we got into a little bit of penalty trouble that uh, didn't help that um, that cause. This team, you know, when you saw how they competed against Halifax in the regular season, they went and they said, "We're not going to let. We're, we don't want to get embarrassed." And yes, this series ended in five games, but no way did they get embarrassed against Halifax. They held their own. They are in, you know, probably four of the five games. They, Even in that blowout, it's a 2-1 hockey game. Yeah, it was exactly. And they get two penalties and yeah. back-to-back power play goals they within were, a minute, and that they, was it. Yeah, they were in – They were. I can confidently say that they were in four and a half of the five games, right? I mean, you've got to think 2-1, and then game two just kind of falls apart. Yeah. That was the half game, and – May. I'd say four of the five and the half in the that one. And, and then, then game the half, five. Yeah. The half it, of five where yeah. they gave up those two goals in under a minute. Trying to be and, nice here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, oh, my bad. You're trying to be nice. Yeah, my bad. But like like we said, you know, last week, they already, they, they accomplished more than what they did in 2019. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and that's, that's what you want. Uh, you know, you got that one win against Halifax and – it was game one where some people are like, oh, you know, the quick turnaround. If there's a game they get blown out, it's going to be game one. Well, no, you know, it's, it's, I saw it, I saw it a different way. Yeah. And they came out with a win. And I think, uh, I think injuries in this series had, uh, had a big part of it. Uh, you know, if we have Loshing, if we have Ty Bell, if we have Lonsbury, uh, I, I think this is a different series. When I say different, I don't think Moncton wins a series. I'm saying we probably would have gotten a second win. And um, that was just injuries a part of the game. Uh, you can't really use it as a as a negative. No. Uh, but, you know, you just hope that, uh, you know, you hope Loshing's good because it was clearly a concussion. <laughs> and I don't think it's his first. So it's uh, – those are, those are tough. He's, he's a young – 
goal scorer. We need him. Yeah. We need him next year. We need him the year after that. Um, same thing for for Lounsbury. You know, we 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 need him next year. We need him the year after that. You know, with Ty Ball, you know, he's he's already signed in in for uh, in Switzerland for next year. So his season came to an unfortunate uh, end, if you want to put it that way. Uh, yeah, that was sure. that was one of the. I'm that injury sucked big time because he's not here next year. So yeah. You, yeah. Um, and then we got Plandowski. I mean, that was a big loss for. You know, game five and, uh, you know, injuries suck. Uh, It's just just part of the game. And I think if those, you know, four guys were more specifically the three forwards, if those three forwards were in the lineup every game, I think we'd probably win a second game against Halifax. And uh, that's, that's just the way it goes. You know, when you, when you have to rely on your, on your depth and you're a young team like Moncton, you know, things, things get a little dry. Yeah. And, you know, Loshing, Lounsbury, Ty Bell, that's two centermans and a winger. That just gives it's one line. Yeah, that know, gives it's... Dan so many more options, especially down the middle. And I think yes, Loshing's scoring on the power play was big miss, but you know, Preston Lounsbury was my rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And I think we felt his loss so much in not only the first series, but in the second series, because he can take face offs and he was good at taking face offs this year. Um, you know, you lose Ty Bell and Preston Lonsbury. Now you're taxing LaBelle, Baudouin, Trenholm to take a lot of faceoffs mm-hmm. and in high situations. And, you know, they were in almost every game. And, you know, the, the biggest part of the series was Moncton just the power play went cold at the worst possible time. And yep. even with the depleted lineup, I mean, Halif- or Moncton had five power plays in – uh, well, that was game five, so they weren't going to be in that one. That was when they got penalty trouble. But they went one of twenty-one, I think, or one of twenty in the series. Like mm-hmm. even with a depleted lineup, you 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 score a power play goal here, you score a power play goal there. Maybe it's a different, maybe it's a different scenario. But it just Halifax was just too big, too strong. Like they were experienced. Yeah, they were experienced, and yeah. you know the Larue factor. I mean, he really truly has not come back to haunt us in any of the games in the regular season. Um, but in this series, this is, he was yeah. relishing this and, you know, he was a difference. He difference was a difference maker. maker. Yeah, I mean, like he takes out our best, breaker. takes yeah. out our best player and then comes back the next night because game misconducts don't go, don't accumulate in the playoffs. Yep. He was playing, he gets a hat trick. They win game three and it just, yeah, I, this team, for all the ups and downs um, in this series, I didn't go in with the expectation that we were going to win this series. I didn't even go into the expectation we were going to win a lot of hockey games. Um, but I was excited to see it because every time they had a chance, you thought, okay, maybe, okay, maybe. And even in the game five where, you know, you kind of knew Halifax was going to close it out at home, mm-hmm. they still were tied 2-2 before the final, like at uh, in the first period, going into the second yeah, they were still tied 2-2 after 20 minutes. And, mm. you know, that for a team that had four guys out, that's that's huge. Um, I do want to, I mean, we got to talk about the fourth line. Yeah. Because that was... Um, that was going to lead into my next question. Yeah. Uh, Cole Bishop and Riley Sampson and... McPhee, Gabe McPhee, Smith. Gabe Smith. Um, for, you know, three young guys, I mean... <laughs> Riley Sampson, 16. Gabe Smith is 16. 
you know, uh, Cole Bishop, 17. Every time those guys were on the ice, it's like they they were effective, mm-hmm. you know, um, especially, you know, dump and chase and, you know, winning board battles, like board battles. Like they, they were, they were an effective line. And, uh, you know, we said Gabe Smith scored in game five, you know, got a, made it kind of interesting, yep. you know, in, in the later stages. And they final goal good. of the year. <laughs> yeah. Final goal of the year for one of the youngest guys in the team. Right. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's the way she goes. And that, that fourth line was, they were super effective and I was really impressed. So that you took right from the question I was going to say, like, we're not going to beat the horse on this series, but you look back at the 12 games for the Wildcats in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And what did we learn about the club? Yeah. Like, what questions were answered for the core moving forward? And you said the fourth line, Jacob Steinman was kept us in every single game. He was facing, I think he, of the 12 games he went, there was only four games where he didn't face over or under 30 shots. Um, save of the year candidate, Oof. maybe a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the decor of this team, uh, is 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 good like yep. Valentine coming back? Mm-hmm. Marcel's going to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, Forte Jandron. It's too bad he missed a lot of the big Como series, but when he came back, again, you don't talk about him, which is just fine. He is going to be like you talked a lot about the future of Grenier and and Moran. I think the future top line is Moran and Forte Jandron. Um, I think he's going to be um, just that steady minute logging type defenseman, and and even Ryan Hackett. The moment wasn't too big for him. I, I really liked the decor. They had there were some moments where some guys made mistakes, and that happens in the playoffs. It's a lot faster hockey, especially for these sixteen-year-olds. But um, you just look at it from they basically played two types of series where they were crashed and banged and hit at every opportunity they had with with Baycomo, and then Halifax was just a more experienced speed team. And mm-hmm. I, for this decor, that experience was invaluable yep. um marcel is going to be a difference maker as our number 3d next year like i got Mar, i got moran fortunately john john is one two and then i got marcel and whoever they put with him as the third you're not obviously wrong. in very early predictions yeah, but based off this you're not wrong um and i think we'll probably get into you know next year's lineup maybe next week but yeah. um i think it's gonna be tough to have two 19-year-old defenseman in Ballantyne and Marcel on the team. Now, will that mean, are they going to experiment with Ballantyne as a forward? Because we saw it worked. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's that's going to be something to, I think, we look into. This team and that forward defenseman, they do like that. They love the versatility. Yeah. They love the versatile players. Aspero, Darcy, yeah. Van, yep. Now Valentine. It's it's happened. It seems to happen every year. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I mean, that's uh, I if Valentine moves up to a forward, fourth line spot, fine by me. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, that's something we'll uh, dig into uh, next week. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, I I think my who's your MVP of the playoffs for Moncton? Yeah. In these 12 games. Well, I mean... Uh, I guess uh, not MVP, because obviously Mar- Moran, LaBelle, but... I got Steinman. Steinman, okay. Well, it's... Yeah. You know, it's... Uh, he, I don't think we win five games in the playoffs without him. Yeah. You know, there's... Uh, Moran obviously put up monster points. Um, so, I mean, he's kind of the obvious one, but 
you know, if you were to ask me who would be the MVP in the playoffs, I'd probably say a Loshing or, or a Morin or LaBelle. But to me, it's like Steinman saved the day literally on a, on a few occasions. And, you know, we don't get past Baycomo without Jacob Steinman. No. So it's, it's, yeah. um, for, for me, it's, it's him. Yep. I'm glad. And we, again, we didn't talk about this coming into it. I'm just throwing these questions off the hop, but there's, you're going to hear about Jacob Simon here in a minute again. So, um, yeah, if, if it's not for him, we're not, we're doing the year recap show this week instead Mm -hmm. of uh, a playoff uh, recap. I will say from game one to now number nine, Mm -hmm. or as I like to call him Bambi, the way he was skating in the first couple games. And you could tell he was just, the speed wasn't there and he was getting used to it. And I, in the most endearing way, I called him Bambi. That guy needs to spend a couple weeks with the Plandowskis. <laughs> and hit it once, like yeah. you could see his skating get better, but he spends a couple weeks with the Plandowskis. He hits the gym. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put the pressure on, but he's the Zach LaRue type of, he's big. Mm. He can get in your way. At 16, he was not afraid to get in anyone's face to stick up for teammates. Mm-hmm. You're not going to see him fight, but I like, if he can work on the skating, which I'm sure he already knows, and so stick with the Plandowskis, <laughs> um, he's going to be a force. And I yeah. kept coming away from the playoffs. I, I'm not going to give him an MVP, but I kept coming away every playoff game impressed with him digging into the zone, and it goes to the fourth line you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, no fishing this summer, Gabe. You're <laughs> on the ice every day. <laughs> or if you're going to fish, just dive into the water and swim to go get him with your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> make it make it a workout but yeah it's it's it, he was he he kept impressing me from from the start of the yeah. year to uh to now so um yeah it's kind of it sucks that we were out this is exactly where we kind of expected to be and go out mm-hmm. um a lot of people expected a four nothing out mm-hmm. i just one time would like to have a full lineup going into the playoffs where everyone is healthy um everyone is ready to go yeah be nice. You know, I don't know nice. what the difference would have been. We didn't want Cape Breton. We didn't want Cape Breton. We didn't want Cape Breton. Would it have been a less injury-prone playoff series against Cape Breton? I don't know. But it just feels like, based off what Halifax did and how the war we went through, I mean, we were keeping the QMJHL fans interested by going seven games. But I yeah. just wonder, you look at hindsight and the butterfly effect, if we play Cape Breton, is it? maybe five games and we have everybody ready and both teams are now waiting, you know, like it, but that's not the draw. You get, you get who you get. And mm-hmm. I think that first game against Baycomo with a lot of these players coming back will be, will be exciting. But if I had to grade the team in the playoffs, I'd probably give them a B minus. Yeah. I'll, I'll go, I'll go a B uh, just, just for the sake of great. Now I'm going to be the negative one. No, no. I'll, <laughs> it's, was it an a plus performance? No, because we would have, We'd still be playing, but I think they they did a lot more than what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be nice to not have a seven game series against Bay Como, but that's the way she, that's the way she goes, yep. as they say on the Trailer Park Boys. And you know, just for me, just one win against Halifax, just I was quite content. Yep, with that. Yep, and it was the first one, and that's what mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, it probably angered them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we won the first one. Good, we pissed them off. That's all um, it takes. But yeah, it'll be like I said. We'll come back next week. We'll have a season recap of everyone from coaching staff to mm-hmm. 
Jonathan Henry is the equipment guy. You're not you're not out of this too. Follow his workouts on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get you ready for everyone's favorite part of the show. Yes. Eric Murray Realtor, buy our house from him. Stick tap of the week. The stick tap of the week is going to the Maritime Hockey League. Yeah. Uh, bringing a franchise to Baktouche. Finally getting some Junior A back. Good old uh, Baktouche. Baktouche. Uh, finally getting some Junior A back in uh, this part of the of the province. And obviously it sucks for the people of Bridgewater and the south shore of, of Nova Scotia. But um, yeah, weren't working out. <laughs> and uh when when things don't uh, don't work there's got to be some changes and uh it's to our to our benefit uh which is uh it's almost ideal for the wildcats yeah because you know you you go and get some players uh develop some players in amherst develop some players in bucktoosh you've got two teams that are 45 minutes away and uh, i think it's uh, i think it's a perfect uh a perfect scenario and uh, like I said, it sucks for, for Bridgewater, but this is huge for Bucktouche. They've got the rink for it. Uh, very passionate uh, group of hockey fans. We've seen Q players born in that Bucktouche area. Lucas Cormier, mm-hmm. you know, is an obvious one. Patrick LeBlanc. Uh, they're, they're raised. They're born in that area of the province. They're building the hockey uh, in, in that area. And you, you can't be more. It can't be nothing but more. You can't be excited. I guess you can't. You can be excited for for Junior A and Baktouche. Uh Hopefully, it's a a name that's got a nice uh, nice ring to it. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm I'm excited. You know, two teams that are 45 minutes away for the Wildcats to really pick from when it comes mm-hmm. to affiliates is uh, going to be a lot more convenient. And a beautiful rink. It is beautiful rink for Junior A. Yeah, been and, up there a couple times for yeah. the preseason. And- yeah. Flyers played a game there, so you may hear some friendly voices doing play-by-play in color. Who knows? What? <laughs> For you? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Oh, okay. If Mike gets the job, maybe. Oh, I'll, that's true. Right? Mike, yeah, Mike can uh, probably do some yeah. play-by-play and up uh, up on. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for Bucktouche. Uh, they're uh, like a big, big hockey, big hockey town, and uh, they love their they love their sports. So it's gonna be uh, gonna be good. Yep, and I will jump on with an honorary stick tap uh, to our viewing party sponsor, the local uh, sports pub. Uh, they jumped on halfway through the year. They reached out to us uh, asking if we do live shows there, and I said, mm, live shows aren't – we don't really do those a whole lot, but, hey, why don't we do this? And he's been uh, – Eric's been nothing but uh, gracious with his venue, with his time, um, having every playoff game except one, mm-hmm. um, and that was because he already had a pre-planned event on Friday night. So um, – we uh, we really appreciate him having us from game one to game five of round two, and um, hopefully we can continue this into next year and, and do some more stuff. And again, all you fan listeners that uh, showed up for the playoffs uh, viewing parties is the official unofficial um, viewing party. So thank you to the uh, local sports pub for being our officially unofficial viewing spot for the playoffs. The stick tap of the week sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506-863-8802. That brings us to the Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. Um, take advantage of their loyalty card, as uh, I always say every week. And, of course, this is their birthday month. They've been there for two years. Um, so you've got about a week to 
get your name in the draw. How do you get your name in the draw? Simple. You give them a call at 830-1224 or you drop in for a visit at 1224 Mountain Road. As soon as you uh, get a service, you will enter your name into a draw for a basket with over $600 worth of uh, worth of giveaways there. The Wildcats Wildcat of the Week is a tie. It goes to two players. Um, one is TV25 for his tying goal in Game 5. Um, he got his first one in the queue. I thought it was his first one uh, just in the playoffs, but he got his first one in the queue. And then Jacob Simon. Uh, he got an assist in Game 3, save of the year in Game 5. And like I said, 12 playoff games, and he had under 30 shots four times. Mm. And that was 26 against Baycomo, 24 against Baycomo, and 27 and 29. And the only reason he had under the 30 in that one is because it was the blowout game. Yep. And he was pulled to give him a bit of a rest. So like Jeremy said, he's the MVP. He wouldn't, we wouldn't be where we are in the playoffs uh, without him. So your Wildcast Wildcat of the week goes to DB25, Trent Ballantyne, and number one, Jacob Steinman. That's it for us on the podcast side. Now, we know you guys enjoy hearing us talk and talk and talk, so we are going live on our YouTube tonight. We have a live stream of the 2023 QMJHL Draft Lottery. The Wildcats have a 28% chance of winning the lotto um, and having the first overall pick. The last two times they've done this, they've had the third pick, which <coughs> netted us uh, Jacob Pelche and Lerue Zach Lerue in 2019. So um, hopefully we are a little bit higher than that. We're going to have some guests join us as well. A uh, friend of the show, Patrick McNeil of the Eagles, talking about their lottery win last year. Thomas Labois on that, uh, that group there. And Braden Olson from Puck Preps. He's going to come on maybe after, um, talk to this guy, uh, about some of the names that you can possibly see in Moncton next year. And maybe you guys can put a top five mock together. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down with that. Down with that? Yep. All right. Um, so, yeah, join us tonight on YouTube. Um, just go to our YouTube channel. You can already sign up to be alerted when it's live. Um, so we will see you tonight on YouTube and for the podcast side, we will see you next week, um, for a season, season recap bomb doozle yeah, season recap of the show. And then we're going to go to every two weeks. So the 17th, the 31st, and then just like that, it's a QMJHL draft. So, um, see you guys tonight. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast. Wildcast.